Hello, everyone. Welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver, and I apologize for being off the air. As um, long as we have, we're being sparse. But like I said last week, we, my wife has found, we're blessed with some money to buy a new home. And now we're back online as scheduled. We had to move in, unpack, and get some things. We're still doing some stuff like that. But we are going to be here every Tuesday in the morning. We'll be pre-taped and up by noon on the podcasts on Hopper. And they'll also be on Spotify. It'll be on Pocket Cast and... And a whole bunch, a lot more. I will um, let you know the different ones. Some of you guys had uh, listened here on Hopper. So I appreciate that. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you and it will be on here more faithful, I apologize that we wasn't here like we normally would be. But we had to, a time of season where I think God gave us a time to reflect to. And you and us, and sometimes he does that. Um, we're in a lo- better location now, and uh, we're going to do that. Well, we left off with Job chapter number 31. And we talked about going into chapter 32, but I don't think we did it because it was going to be studying another subject. So what we had, we had Job finish his last speech. And he was talking about, Job was talking about his his uh, attitude regarding attractive women. And basically, he stayed away from other attractive women. He, you know, he kept to himself, he kept to his wife. All right. Then he he talked about his attitude regarding lies, and he don't believe in lying. And then his attitude regarding the sex should be with his with his wife, not another man's wife or or another man's woman. And then his attitude with regards to his servants, he treated them as he would like to be treated. And he treated him good, and I think he treated him as God would, uh, you know, treats us. And his attitude regarding the poor, you know, he helped the widows. He helped children, and he, he gave gifts to the forest people. And, you know, so... Is so it was a list of attitudes, you know, Joe's ability attitude towards his wealth. Okay, he thinks that his money can rescue. He thinks that money can rescue them from any money. Be okay. Job and me. Okay, Job trusted God and did not trust his money. Okay, and that's what we got to get into. And Job's attitude regarding false gods. We know in Job chapter 1 that he shunned evil and he served only God. And his enemies, Job was kind. We should, you know, 
saying we should be kind to our enemies. And regarding strangers, you never know that we're going to be entertaining angels. And, you know, you never know. And that, that shows up in also in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. And then, his, his attitude toward regarding evil deeds. You know, he didn't do that. And then his attitude... I mean, uh, Job does not know who accused him. He feels like he was being accused. You don't know if it's God. You don't know if it's devil. But we know, because we know something he don't know, and he may never knew in life, is that it was the devil that was attacking him. And that's basically what's going on in a lot of our lives. The devil, if we become a threat to the kingdom of God, you're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're living right. You're following his word. And you got all these storms of life coming your way. It must be because you're a threat and the devil is coming against you. But there is other two reasons why we do go through what we go through. And partly is that because maybe we're getting straying off to the wrong road. Or maybe we are off on the road and God wants to give us attention. But but mainly, usually it's more the first one because God wants to show us off sometimes and the devil wants to go after us. And he wants to prove to the devil that he can't not have us. Now, we're going to introduce, I believe, a new character here. Um, as you know, he's been building with with three friends, but now there's a fourth one there, and he might have been there all along, but he's now coming to into the situation, and we're going to get Ehu' reaction to the other speeches that he's just sat there and heard, and heard Job. Now, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you right now to be with us as we go through this Bible study. We just ask you, Lord, let be pointed out what needs to be pointed out. And we ask you all this and help us live with it. And we ask you and do it and, and live by it. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to try to get... We're going to definitely go to the book, the book of Job, chapter number 32. But there's only four thoughts here, and we'll see how time goes. If there's more time, we'll start chapter 33, because there's four thoughts there, too. So we might actually start reacting in three, two or three chapters at once now, since we're getting to the thing. Well, we're going to turn your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter number 31. I mean, 32, excuse me. And just so you know where we're getting this Bible study from, I never really told you. It is called English. If you want to follow along, it is it is called easyenglish.bible. And I got it out of the commentary. And basically what 
if you want to follow along, sometimes I stick to it. Sometimes I go where God leads me. Sometimes God leads me to stick to it. Sometimes he's leading me to do other ways. But it is uh, um, Bible com- commentary on Job. Okay. Chapter number 32. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. And it says... So these three men did not continue to answer Job. They saw that Job did not consider himself guilty. Then Elu became angry. Elu was the son of Barkel, who belongs to the people called the Buzanites. He belonged to the family of Ram. And this is why Elu was angry. Job had said that Job himself was right rather than God. So Elu was angry with Job. And and Elu was also angry with the three friends. They had no reply, but they still said that Job was an evil man. Elu wanted Job to finish his speech. Elu wanted to be waited because the other men were older and Elu than Elu. But Elu realized that the three men could not answer Job. Then Elu was angry. All right. So we're going to start breaking it down verse by verse. Okay. Now, verse 1, Job has finished his speech. Okay. And his friends were silent. But a young man named Elu wanted to speak. Okay. People has different opinions about Elu. Some people say that Elu was foolish. And they say that his words merely repeated ideals from the speeches of Job's friend. We do not agree. We think that Elu was wise. His speech was fair and accurate. And in the end, Elu introduced God himself. All right. So basically here, we're getting to know this character, Elu. All right. And Elu was younger than the three that were already talking. Obviously, he kind of still took that Job was, you know, feel that Job was guilty, just like the other three. But he was angry with Job because he wouldn't see the point, but he's also angry with what he sees, Okay. But they said that he just because he's young, a lot of theologians sees him as as a man that was foolish, and he only spouted off what he heard other people say. But then, some people say that his speech were fair and accurate, and Elus introduced God himself. Now, if he's basing himself off the other three friends. He may not be as accurate as history as he's supposed to be because we know that Job is not a sinner, okay? But it also states here that he introduced God himself, all right? So he brought God into it, just like Job was doing, all right? Now, 
Elu's main idea was that God is fear. Okay? Jacob's other friends said that they believed this, but they themselves were unfair to Job. However, Job was not always sure that God is fair. God was always fair, and Job, Esau's main ideal, that God is fair. And Job's friends said that they believed this, but they themselves were unfair to Job. Oh, I'm sorry. Could not explain his trouble, but Job felt sure that God would be a fair judge. So basically, I think this is where we're starting to see why he's kind of mad. All right? Because one hand, you got Job saying that that God was being un, that he was being unfair but he believed that God would be a fair judge and his three friends were not being unfair was being un, unfair to Job and Elu the main idea that God is fair. Okay. Well, he was kind of bringing, it looks like, a presence here saying, hey, we got to remember that God is fair. Okay. No matter if we believe Job or not, or Job believes us or not, God is fair. Okay. But it also said that Job believed that God was fair. He just didn't believe what he was going through was fair. And, you know, we all kind of go through that during a time of trial, during a time of struggle. Because we see ourselves doing all this stuff for the Lord. I mean, we just went through chapter 31 with all these things and, and how he feels about this and how he lives for God. And he feels it's wrong that he should be going through what he's going through. But let me tell you something, saints. Let me tell you something. He didn't have the knowledge that we have. He didn't know the devil was coming against him. Okay? And, but, Job came to the point to saying that he believes that God is a fair judge of him. And that's why he kept saying over and over and over, I want to put my case in front of God because I know that he's going to bring us, give me a fair decision. If he tells me I did something wrong, basically I think he's saying here, I would accept it. Now, I think Elu was kind of mad at Job. Because of this, because one, they're saying that he thought it was unfair, but two, he trusted God. So he's seeing Job in the middle. And I think that's kind of why he was unfair. Okay. Phil, I mean, he was angry. But he was also angry at Job's friends because one, they was being unfair to him, not giving him the benefit of the doubt. They came into the scene of things saying that you must have been a bad sinner. You must have been a bad this for God to take and do this to you. Because basically, God, you know, God allowed him, the devil, to take everything he had 
But you know what? In the end, we're going to find out God gave him more, that back and more. Okay? But that's what's going on here with Elu. He's mad at Job, and he's mad at his friends because they're not being fair to Job. And Job is wishy-washy back and forth, saying that God's not being fair to me, but I believe he's a fair judge. Okay? Now, Job wanted a friend who would act like a lawyer. And we've seen that back in Job chapter number 9, verses 32 to 35, and also in Job chapter 16, verses 19 to 21. Job probably thought that God himself would be this lawyer. And today we know that Jesus is such a friend. Jesus, of course, is God himself. So now we're learning a little bit more. You know, we knew that God would be a fair judge. And he requested this many times in Job chapter 9 and Job chapter 16, that he wanted God as his lawyer. Okay? And we know in the New Testament that when Jesus became the sacrifices for our sins, now he goes before the Father. He's like our defense attorney. And... He basically is our judge when we sin. I mean, our lawyer, which is God, but, you know, he he helps us with what needs to be done. When we sin and then we ask for forgiveness, he goes before God and said, well, he he's one of mine. He died on the cross. He asked me into his heart. His sins are forgiven, and God forgives us through that. Okay? Now, in the book of Job, Elu acts like this lawyer. Okay? It is as if Elu arranged for Job to meet God. Elu was just an ordinary young man. Job 33.6, which were not there yet. But his words were special because he spoke by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And Job 32.8 and Job 36.4. Okay? So apparently Elu's now going to become like this lawyer. Okay? To arrange for Job to meet God. Okay? And we don't know exactly how that's going to happen yet because we haven't got to Job 32.8 yet. But we're, we're, we're going to be going, okay? Now, verse 2 dealt with this. Job protested that he was innocent and he blamed God for his trouble. And I think this is why Elu is also a little bit mad because he blame God. Alright? But you know, as us humans, we do do that. We do blame God when we're going through troubles and times. And I think we really should be putting where it really believes is on the devil. Okay? Now, sometimes we, when we get into our problems, we get into the problems ourselves. And we need to blame ourselves. Okay? God allows things sometimes to bring us closer to Him. Okay? Sometimes God allows things to happen to show the devil 
up and that he's wrong. So I added another thing. Sometimes God would bring, do it to bring us closer to him. And sometimes God would do it to get us on the right track and get us and start staying on the right track, okay? But it's not God's fault because if you're off the track, it's your fault. If you are starting to get off the track, it's your fault. Okay? If the devil is coming against you, it's his fault. Okay? God allowed it. Okay? Because he accuses us every day before God. We know in Job chapter 1. Now, so be you see my point? It's not God's fault. We make choices. Sometimes our choices, God disciplines us. All right? But in the end, it's our thought. And I can see why Elu may be getting a little mad there. In fact, Job was a good man. His behavior was right, but nobody should accuse God. Job should have insisted God was good. And as he got looking at things, he did say that God was a good, and I want him to be my judge. Okay? But basically, this is saying we shouldn't accuse God because we God gave us a choice to do things. I mean, should Adam and Eve been mad at God in the Garden of Eden because... Um, they ate a fruit they wasn't supposed to eat and God punished them? No. But our people don't like to be punished. Okay? And the devil got punished too, the serpent. Okay? And that's the point. Nobody should blame God or accuse him. Because we make our own choices. Okay? We do not need to prove that we are right Instead, we should trust God, and God is a fair judge in the end. And he will give each person whatever that person deserves. 1 Corinthians 4, 3-5. That's where we would find that. Okay? So basically, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. I mean, 1 Corinthians 4. Let me get the Bible, my Bible open here. And if you're hearing that, I'm sorry. Um, so we can prove this as a point. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 5. And it says, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judge of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who both will bring to light and hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man praise of God. So what does that mean? That means judge will, God will judge us. And we'll get what we 
kind of get we're going. If we don't live by the word, he will do allow things to happen to us to get us back on the right track. But that don't mean that he did it. All right, that just means that it was his fault. No, you are off the wrong track. All right, and then when the devil comes yapping at at God and about you. He wants to prove the devil wrong. He wants to show you, show the devil up. So he allows it to happen. So it's, you know, God is not at fault. God is allowing it for a reason. Okay? Now, we don't need to prove if we're wrong or right. Because God, we just need to go for God. And God will show us if we're wrong or right. We need to go to the word of God. But we don't have to prove to other people. They ain't like a court of law here on the earth. God knows if you're right or not. And he'll give you the judgment. But since you're saved by grace, God will just want to get you back on track. Now, verse 3. The three friends blamed Job for his own troubles. They were being cruel to Job, and they had no evidence, but they still accused him. How often do we have that with our friends and family? Because maybe it's something that we did before, and they don't want to let it go. All right? These three friends caused trouble. They blamed him with no evidence. They came and saw all this go down. Now, recently, me and my wife went through trouble, we had to basically come up here and start our life over. You know, and a lot of people might say, well, they did something wrong with God, so God punished them. No. I believe this, because now we're in a situation where I believe God was calling, and it's going to give me a better situation for my ministry. Um, we got the home that I believe that my wife was looking for. And she didn't really necessarily want to come this way. But I think in the end, she's going to be glad she did because I think God's going to bless mightily. And she did got her wish because we basically, she didn't want to live in the town of Port Huron, because my family can be a little bit much sometimes. And we're, we're just living outside of Port Huron, about 28 minutes. And so, we'll have to wait and see. But I see God already showing me why he allowed that to happen. All right? Now, Jesus warns us that we should not act like judges. Of course, there must be a real judge in the court. And the Bible gives great honor to these judges. But many people are not judged, pretends to be like judges. They accuse other people. Jesus warned us of such people that God would be their judge. Okay? Let's go to the book of Matthew 7, 1 and see what God wants to say there about this. 
Matthew chapter one, um, 7 and verses 1 and 2. And it says, Judge not that ye be judged. For what for with with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and what measure of meat ye meet, it shall be measure on you again. So basically he's telling us here, don't judge people. It's not your job to judge people. It's God's judge to judge people. It's up to the ones he's got in courts in the lands to do. Even Israel had judges. And God was with them, and God takes great honor with these people. But he's basically saying, but if you judge people, you're going to be judged by the standards that you are judging people, and God might find you wanting, and then God might bring some of this trouble on you that you did, but you can't blame God because you did it, because he told you not to judge. Okay? Now, Elu was polite, verses 4 and 5. He respected the older men, and he did not interrupt them. He waited for his time. You know what? Sometimes you got to wait for the time. Sit back, be polite, and just wait till God gives you the chance to speak. Sometimes we got to learn to shut our mouths. And this way into God says, okay, speak. Now, basically to sum that up. Okay. Now let's go to Elu. Thoughts that the other men. Elu's thoughts that the other men should be wise. Let's look at verses 7 through 8 of Job chapter 32. So Elu, the son of Barkel, who belonged to the people of Buznite, spoke, and he said, I am young, and ye are old. So I was afraid to tell you what I know. I thought that an old man would be wiser than me. I thought that you would teach wisely because of your age. But God gave men wisdom by his Holy Spirit. Great men are not always wise. And old men do not always know what is right. Oh man, that pipe got those three friends a little upset. Because he basically told them, I was polite. I sat back. I'm young. I'm listening. I thought maybe you would teach something. But basically he wound up saying, hey, not all old men are wise and know everything. And not young and young men, and um, and basically the Holy Spirit gives us what we need to say. And I've been saying that you know we got to learn to wait on God and say what God wants us to say. Verses six to nine: Older people are usually wiser than younger people. Older people have learned many valuable lessons in their long lives, and yes, they should be taught. But there's a difference between human wisdom and godly wisdom. Okay? So, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 18 and 19. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to be to is to them that preach that precious foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Okay, let's look at verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Okay, so we need God, the Holy Spirit, to teach us about God. Okay. And let's go to chapter number 2, 9 through 12. For it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto thy the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, Yea, the deep of things of God. For what a man knoweth, things of man save, the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Job had complained that his friends were not speaking by the Holy Spirit in Job 26, verse 4. So their statement of God were not always accurate. Job 25, verse 6. Elu did not want to copy their error, so he would speak by the power of the Holy Spirit. Elu will only speak the things that God taught him. And that's going to be coming up in Job 36, Chapter 36, 3. Okay. So basically, he's telling these men, Hey, I'm learn I'm going to speak. You guys didn't teach me nothing. You didn't teach Job nothing. You were wrong in this instance. So I'm going to let God teach me. And teach Job. Basically. Okay. Okay. What happened here? Oh, praise the Lord. Everything decided to go bunky on me. Okay, Elu takes... Elu asks his three friends to listen carefully. Now, he didn't say Job listened carefully. He said Elu asks his three friends to listen carefully. And we're going to look at verses 10 to 14. Verses 10... To 14. And it says, So I will speak, listen to me, and I'll tell you what I know. I waited, I waited while you spoke. I listened to your speeches while you tried to say the right words. Listen, tried. Verse 12. 
Listen carefully, but you did not prove that Job is wrong. You could not answer his words. Verse 13. Do not say you were wise. Do not say God's not man. We'll prove that Job is wrong. <coughs> Excuse me. But Job has not accused me. And I will not answer him with your words. Okay. Verses 10 through 14. Elu spoke like a lawyer. He had listened to the other speeches. He thought carefully about them, but the three friends' arguments did not impress him. He saw that they had no evidence to accuse Job. He believed that Job's speeches were better than theirs. Ouch! Ouch! He believed the accused over their speeches. Because Job adequately defended himself. Ouch. The three friends have failed to prove that Job was guilty. But they were still accusing Job. In verse 3. They did not say we were wrong. Instead they said God will prove that Job is wrong. In verse 13. Elu thought that they were unfair to Job, but Elu would not be unfair. In other words, he's going to be fair to Job and he's going to listen. All right. Now, let's look at verses 15 to, 15 to 21 to um, end the chapter here. And then we'll see on time after we get done sharing if we go through the next chapter or not. Okay, it says, Elu's thought about his speech. Verse 15. Now, their three friends are unhappy. They have no answer. So they are silent. But I can't wait while they are silent. Wait a minute. I cannot wait while they are silent. They stand there and they have no reply. So I myself will answer. I will speak my opinion. And I have so many words to speak. The Spirit forces me to speak. I need to speak. Otherwise, I feel as if I would bust. So I must speak. I need an answer. I need to answer. I will be fair with everyone. And I will speak well about everyone unless my words are true. The words punish me. God would punish me for such evil behavior, and I would soon die. Job twenty-one, Job chapter two, thirteen. The three friends were silent. Job's words upset them, but now they had argued with Job, and no, and so nobody would speak except Elu. He had waited patiently during his long speech, and he was descriptive to speak. Okay? So basically it's saying that, hey, you guys are mad at each other. You can't answer Job's question. Job defended himself. Now I'm going to give my two cents on because you're being quiet. I sat back and listened. Verses 18 to 20. In the Bible... Many holy men are called prophets. 
These men did not merely speak their own ideas. Rather, they spoke by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And let's go to First Peter. Chapter number 1. And we're going to look at verse 20 and 21 to, you know, so you can corroborate, we can corroborate it. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be of God. Okay. So the Holy Spirit was speaking to these prophets of old and currently today. what they spoke to them. Not what their ideals were, but what God ideals was. They described their experiences in different ways. Sometimes the spirit felt like the wind who blew through them. In fact, the original language of the Bible, the word wind and spirit are the same. Sometimes we need to speak felt like a heavyweight. And Jonah 3.8 talked about the wind blowing through them. All right, and I encourage you to write these verses down and check these out because of time restraints. Well, actually, I guess we do got time. Let's go to the book of Jonah. That's the Old Testament, the book of Jonah. Chapter number... Three, oh, a book of John. I'm sorry. The book of John, chapter number three. And we're going to look at verse eight. It says, The wind bloweth where it is listened, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell when it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Okay. Now let's go to the book of Num. Old Testament, the book of Num. Then we're going to look at verse 1 1. The burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Num, the Kites. Okay. He's seen it as a burden, okay? Uh, something that he was called to do. God gave him a Pacific, and he's seen it that it needed to be set or it's going to burden him, okay? I believe that's what it's saying there. And let's go to Micah, chapter number 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Mosasite, in the days of Jaham, Azah, and Hezekiah, king of Judah, 
which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. So Micah looked like he got visions. Okay. Now, a workman needs to put a, put a heavy weight on the ground, and the prophets need to speak the word that the Holy Spirit has given. So in other words, they got work to do, just like we all got work to do in our lives. We all got missions to do, but we got to make sure we do it with the Holy Spirit helping us and guiding us. Verses 21 and 22. Elu spoke like a lawyer. He promised to be fair to everyone. So he realized his own responsibilities. Elu would not lie to try to prove his, his ideals. He would not be... He would... His words would be sincere because he knew God was listening to his words. And God was not merely... Job's judge. God was Elu's judge too. So in other words, we got to watch what we say when we are judging people. Go back. Don't judge for thou be judged. And you notice us ministers are judged by our words and actions too when we have to discipline people in the church. Because God is listening, and you don't want to prove a point and use scriptures to back up something that God is not doing. Or to hurt people. Just like the three friends were doing. We need to be fair like Elu wanted to be fair. And that's what they needed to be. Okay. Now I'm looking at the time we're 45 minutes into this podcast and we roughly got 15 minutes left, and it's the same amount, so I think we're going to stop the podcast here, I mean the Bible study here today, and we'll pick up, that was a good opening with for Elu, um, we'll pick up next Tuesday on what Elu is going to speak to Job, and we'll go from there. So if you're encouraged through the week, I want you to read Job chapter 33, verses 1 to 32. And, you know, and we'll go from there on what we're going to learn. And uh, praise God. God is good, and I thank, thank Him for being with us. Now, what we're going to do in this segment is do our prayer time. And we're going to go back to some of the previous segments that we had. Um, I got some new minister magazines that came in. Um, I got to go over them. I'm going to get back to some of the stuff that this minister magazine is sharing. Um, We'll do five minutes of opening, which we did. Um, Ten minutes on... We got 15 minutes, five minutes maybe on that story, or ten. And then um, we'll have prayer time. But, you know, it's important that we do this stuff because God is there. 
for us and we need to listen to him all right now if there's ever some prayer requests and stuff that you want to do there is a I believe there is where there is a, a statement or a place you can write it and the message will come to me and we can add it in okay um, or you can go to my messenger page uh, Ronald Weaver but I go to God's Internet Church become a member of God's Internet Church you can in the uh, post a message there a uh, posting for prayer requests um, and there you'll be able to access Pi my messenger because I do greet new people and you can have prayer requests there um, that is you know used for the church online church and the Bible study because I you know we need needs out there and I understand but we got just a few here. We had a list. I know some of you are probably following, and a lot of things have been answered. If I don't mention, mention some of the things, you can take them off. Um, I don't have the list in front of me. I lost that physical list in the move. But I do know, I did know it in my head, and, you know, then some of it's off now. So, but we still got my dad on there, James Weaver. He has an aneurysm on his aorta. Um, and now his back is starting to hurt him. And, and I have an unspoken, I want to pray about my dad. And I, I, God don't, I don't know if God wants me to reveal it yet or not. So that's what we're going to pray for my dad and for my mom. Her back is getting a little better. We did find out that she lost some of our, one of her um, discs deteriorated, so it's bone on bone. But we didn't up; they did an epidural shot on her, and they are trying to trying to do it without surgery of doing this epidural shot to see if things would do. Because she's allowed six to eight of them a year or something like that. So that's what we're working on there, but. But she's got bad teeth right now. We need prayer that she can find a Medicaid, a Medicare plan that will help her get dental. And let's see. Then my cousin Lori, she has throat cancer. Um, no, I take that back. She don't have throat cancer. And we need to, you know, pray for her. And, and then work out that she needs to get a car. So, and then, let's see. Then my two unspokens for my friend Sean, like a brother from another mother. He's got two unspokens there. And plus his for a prayer for his mom to get the strength to take care of her sister and take care of her husband too. When one's got a bad heart and one's kinda of almost bedridden. And let's see. 
And then for my friend Dan, he's like a brother from another mother to pray for to pray for God's healing for him. He's in a wheelchair, he's paralyzed, but God's promises to hear him. So we're going to uh, keep that on there until God tells us differently. And let's see. I think that's it. So, so let's pray for these needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask you right now to come down to my dad. You are the great physician. You are the great doctor. You are the great architect of these bodies. Lord, you know why this aneurysm is there. You know what's causing this aneurysm. We just ask you to either go and take it away, let it disappear, or just don't let it grow. And Lord, we ask you to be with my mom, Lord Lee Weaver. We just ask you to touch her back. We just ask you to let these shots do what you want, Lord. You can give her a physical healing. Lord, you can create a new disc inside her where that and replace the old one. And Lord, we just ask you to take care of this situation. We ask you to be with my mom's uh, teeth and this Medicare problem of dental. We ask you, Lord, let a plan come. Let her be able to get it. We ask you to be with an unspoken for my dad. And we just ask you to work it out there. And Lord, we just ask you to be with my cousin Lori and the sicknesses that and the unspoken that she has. We ask you, Lord, to be with her getting a car, Lord. She was supposed to go look at one today. We just ask you to let her find it and get it. And we ask you all this in Jesus and be with my friend Sean, Lord. He's a brother from another mother. We ask you to be with his two unspokens that he shared with me. And we ask you to be with his mother as she's taking care of her husband, who's got a bad, bad heart. And we ask you to be with her as she's taking care of her sister, Lord. We just ask you to move by your spirit and help her, Lord. And let help come in from that's her sister's kids to help. And Lord, we just ask you to be with... Uh, my friend Dan, Lord, we just asked you to claim his healing. He's, he had a back injury of, of, a few years ago. And Lord, we just ask you, to, and he ran been paralyzed from the waist down, I believe. Um, we just ask that everything go and waiting for your healing, Lord, because you said you're going to heal him, Lord. We just ask you to move by your spirit in that situation. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the podcast is going to be more live. I mean, lively now, more more every day, every Tuesday. And Lord, we just ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And just the closing remarks. Um, we are, next time we will be on the air, will be tomorrow night live on Facebook for God's Internet Church Bible Study on the Book of Proverbs, and I believe we're on Chapter 7 or 8. I don't have the notes in front of me right now. Um, the, so we're getting back into the Book of Proverbs. And looking ahead, since we're getting close to this Bible study to being over, um, looking ahead... Here, we're going to be going into the book of Psalms and we'll, uh, for the podcast. 
and uh, see what God gives us there. Unless God changes my mind, that's what the mindset probably going to be. Um, so on that note, I'd like to thank you for joining me for God's in the Nature's podcast today. I like to say, be kind to one another, love one another, and help one another in these times, especially in these times, and pray for one another. On that note, I'll see you next Tuesday for God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 109. This is episode 108. I'd like to say God bless you and see you next time. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver, your host, saying have a good day.